0: Everyone, welcome to talk for freedom. This is episode 12. And we are so excited that this time around, we're actually coming to you from uh, Apple iTunes and uh, Google Play as well. So not only do we have our podcast on a 21 freedomchasersorg we have it on Chuck Paul LLC, but it's also on iTunes and it's on Google Play. So we're so excited that we are expanding and that gives everyone an opportunity to hear us all across the world, not just on our websites, but they can also subscribe. So if you are listening to us on Apple iTunes or Google Play, please subscribe so that every time a new episode comes up, uh, you will get a notification, it'll remind you that we have something new and exciting coming out, and you'll be able to listen to it. Also do us a favor and make sure that you share uh, this with your friends and your family. That's exactly how awareness works, is it starts with uh, you and then you share it with other people. So uh, share our posts on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, share any information off of Chuck's website, um, and you can actually share the podcast itself as well. So you. You can uh, share it through a text message. It'll send them a link. Um, you can share it on your, on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere else. But we are excited to be on there. And uh, Episode 12, we have some great and exciting uh, information coming to you in regards to uh, ACAT. ACAT is a great organization here in town. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off, and uh, I'll send it over to Chuck.
1: Thanks, Caesar. So the Alamo Area Coalition Against Trafficking is made up of 81 different agencies representing both governmental and non-governmental organizations in our South Central Texas area. This includes the counties in and around San Antonio. We have everything from committees that work on education, that work on training, that work on legislation, and even facilities. One of our partners is the Rape Crisis Center. The Rape Crisis Center is one of our strongest partners with the Alamo Area Coalition Against Trafficking, and they've been leading with several of our initiatives to include our conference. So here to talk to us today about the Rape Crisis Center is our friend Andrea Lopez with RCC.
2: Thanks, Chuck, for having me and allowing this platform for RCC. Uh, At the Rape Crisis Center, we work to end violence of all forms, and that's our vision. It's what drives our work. So we support all those impacted by sexual violence, primary and secondary survivors included, and really work to cultivate a safe nonviolent community. I know that a lot of folks uh, probably recognize and realize that we're pretty synonymous with crisis. And so one of the first points of contact for individuals who are seeking support or need a confidential space. be our hotline uh, and so from that um Initial point: uh, Individuals are then connected through a continuum of services and resources that we provide, including counseling, um, case management services. We have hospital advocacy as well. And I know we've talked a little bit about it in terms of some of the barriers to folks accessing resources. And again, with with sexual violence in particular, human trafficking being just one form of that, we uh, we recognize that there are um, barriers to even knowing that there are resources available or. Help available and so um, doing exactly um, awareness spots like this is what can sort of help to get the word out in that way we hope um, and we also realize that individuals um, it, it's a very um, it can be a scary thing to come forward and oftentimes survivors of any form of sexual violence uh, will cite fear of not being believed if they come forward and make an outcry and so actively we work to combat that or you know we hear maybe law enforcement won't do anything or again there is a, a of sheer lack of of knowledge around what's out there in terms of support and resources. So I think that uh, with RCC being a part of a consortium like ACAT, uh, and you said it, I think that speaks to systems and the need for this coordinated response and and efforts um, around actively um, combating human trafficking and, and sexual violence broadly, right?
1: Yes. So does Rape Crisis Center only serve women or do they serve men?
2: No, thanks for asking that. So, we serve men, women, and children uh, across our services. So, that's for individuals who call the hotline, to the folks we see at the hospital, to the clients we see in counseling.
1: So, if I was a man that was, say, sexually assaulted, would I be able to get the help I needed? where I didn't feel uncomfortable about outcrying what had happened to me at Rape Crisis Center?
2: Absolutely, so at RCC we pride ourselves in being a safe space in that regard. Everything we do is trauma-informed, and again, our entire work, whether it's on the crisis side or the prevention side, uh, we have that primary prevention lens to everything that we do, and that is no one should have to endure um, unsafe conditions, unhealthy conditions, and sexual violence um, being a part of that. Um, so absolutely, uh, individuals of, of all identities, Um, men, women, children, always welcome.
1: So is my information confidential if I got help there?
2: Absolutely as well. Yeah, so we have individuals who uh, would prefer to seek counseling services under um, a pseudonym, right? So anonymity, confidentiality, and those protections are in place around everything that we do.
1: So what number would someone like me or someone who needed help call for help?
2: Our hotline is 24-7, so it's 210-349-7273.
1: So... My understanding is is that Alamo Area Coalition Against Trafficking is ha- coming up with a conference here very soon, and that RCC is helping put that on. Right. Um, could you tell us a little bit about RCC's role in helping put that conference on?
2: Yeah, so the Rape Crisis Center uh, is really sort of spearheading the um, logistical pieces to what that would look like. Everything from arranging who the speakers will be, um, to day of events, to uh, organizing the actual um, registration and getting the word out in that way, so promoting the event like exactly what we're doing here. Um, So we're super happy to be a part of um, ACAT and especially to be leading this effort in this way uh, because we want as many folks to come out and be a part of this conference and this experience to get the information, to get the inside and then hopefully you know join the movement to 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 really end human trafficking and sexual violence
3: yeah thank you andrea we appreciate all of the information the knowledge uh, regarding the rape crisis center what's your website if someone wanted to go out and just kind of do some research and see what rape crisis center is all about um, where can they find that online absolutely our website is rapecrisis.com great simple yeah Awesome. So do you, are you all also on social media?
2: We are. So we have a brand new Instagram account. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. So we're, we're online. We're live. So like, share. Uh, we have an event that's up for the ACAT Human Trafficking Conference through our Facebook page as well. So folks can check in there and get more info as well.
3: Great. Wonderful. And so the Alamo Co- Area Coalition Against Trafficking, which is short or the long version of ACAT, um, is working together with the rape crisis center to put this human trafficking conference together. So although the rape crisis center deals with a whole lot of different kinds of sexual violence, um, this one is geared towards human trafficking and we'll have another episode with a special guest who will come and actually tell us a little bit more about, you know, what to expect from that conference. So if any of you, uh, were not aware that these conferences are happening, um, feel free to join us, go on to, uh, um, The Rape Crisis Center website, which is RapeCrisisCenter.com. And you can find some more information on that conference. You'll probably get some details on there as far as, you know, the lineup of speakers and the registration. If you are interested in registering, you can sign up at ACAT, which is A like apple, A like apple, C like cat, A like apple, T like tango dot org forward slash what hyphen we Hyphen do. And so you can register on there. Um, if you are interested in earning CEU hours, they are available. You'll be earning six of them if you attend the entire conference. And if this is something you've attended in the past and maybe um, didn't find it informative, we're learning every year as we put this conference together. And so I guarantee you that we're making it better and um, getting, you know, f- great feedback from people who have attended and they can um, help to make it even more interesting and provide some fresh information and and because of that um we want you to to know that the experience is is so much better we have one of our um a21 freedom chasers who is able to uh team members who was able to attend the conference last year and we're gonna have him come on to kind of tell us a little bit about what he experienced on that particular day
0: yeah, so I'm, I'm Seth. You, you may already know me, but as uh, Cecilia said, I'm part of the Freedom Chasers. And actually, the Freedom Chasers is also a part of the, um, the coalition as well. And then we, we think it's important to make sure that we're partnering with the organizations around town. And on top of that, it's important to be educated and to learn more. Um, although we're an awareness group. The, the fact is that we don't know everything and so um, I, I went to last year's conference and you know it was great um, you know going into the conference as soon as you get there there's uh, in the foyer there's a whole bunch of vendors so um, it's not just the conference and what you're learning but there's also other organizations out there that are sharing what they're doing as well from you know the police officers to just a whole bunch of nonprofits um, so that was very very cool though we know a lot of them it's if if you haven't been to something like that before you're gonna get a lot of information from different Organizations. Um, And then while I was in the organization, I mean, there was over 400 people in that in that uh, one room and um, so a lot of you know different organizations trying to learn a lot of people that maybe just learned about human trafficking and wanted to learn something new um, and they had uh, speakers with a variety of different topics um, one of the main focuses I think that we talk most about when it comes to human trafficking is is the sex trafficking part um, but there had someone there that was explaining what labor trafficking is that's also human trafficking and they they were talking about some of the stats some of the stories um, and it was great to get that information there was a, a lawyer that was talking about um, the different uh, laws um, that are here in Texas and around the country that uh, are putting people behind bars um, the johns the pimps the people that are um, out there trafficking others and so it was it was great to see that um, we've come a long way um, I think sometimes just You don't know uh, what you don't know. And so you think, well, there aren't many laws uh, out there to protect, um, you know, the victims. But the reality is that we've, you know, that we've made a long um, progress when it comes to the laws. And so it was great to see that um, there was a doctor there as well that was talking about um, her experience in treating, um, you know, women or victims of human trafficking. And she's a a local doctor. So she was talking about the different areas here in San Antonio um, where they see the most uh, from. And so it was, again, great. Um, a lot of good information um, and uh you know th- that that was that was there were other speakers, but I did leave with more information um, I left knowing a little bit more understanding um, a little bit more um, in depth um, there was also um, uh, a speaker as well that was uh, related to um, uh, his name is oh, i'm trying to Kenneth remember. Kenneth Morris. Yes, Kenneth Morris, um, and he's uh, related to... Um, he is a
1: direct descendant of both Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass. He's he actually Frederick Douglass' great-great-grandson.
0: Yeah, so that, that was awesome. I mean, he had a great... Um, he was explaining how they're taking this knowledge of human trafficking into the schools and talking to you know different age groups and teaching them... Um, what human trafficking is what to look for so not just the teachers but the students and what what they can do to kind of you know get get uh, aware about what's really going on and so again a lot of great information and i know that if you um are looking to become more aware um you know know what's going on in our city in our country uh, this is a great place to go so if you haven't done it yet sign up Um, it's very inexpensive and i guarantee you that you're going to leave there with a lot more information
3: wonderful thank you caesar so um, if you are wanting to get a head start, go ahead and save the date on your calendar. It's September third is the day of the conference. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the registration deadline. So you have a little bit of time to go on to the website and register. There is a registration fee. It's fifty dollars. Um, the actual date of the conference is September tenth, and it'll be from nine a.m. to four forty-five p.m. in the Norris Conference Center here in San Antonio, Texas. And so if you're listening outside of San Antonio and you're looking to make a trip down here, maybe bring some of your team members or family members to this conference, Um, go on the Rape Crisis Center website and you'll find some great information as to what the conference is all about. And Maybe um, you can reach out to us A21 Freedom Chasers if you need some assistance with finding some local hotels that you can stay at and whatnot, and we can make sure that we get you connected. Um, If you have any questions, please stay tuned. We will have a special guest that will talk more in detail about this year's conference what to expect and what why it's so important that you really do attend that and um, like I said if you have any questions don't hesitate to reach out we definitely want this to be uh, a really great experience for you and any person that you're looking at bringing with you Um, we guarantee that you're gonna leave with a wealth of knowledge like Caesar mentioned and even if you think that you you know might be a professional in the human trafficking space there's always a new perspective or new insight that you're going to gain from uh, joining different people from around the world that are going to talk about this topic.
1: Thanks, Cece. And Andrea, thank you for coming out and talking to us about Rape Crisis Center. Thank you
0: for having me. Can you give us one more time the phone number and the website? Absolutely. That's
2: rapecrisis.com. And our hotline, our 24-hour hotline is 210-349-7273.
1: So Andrea, you mentioned that number. Is that the hotline number?
2: That is a direct hotline number, and folks can actually find that on our website. So again, if you go to rapecrisis.com, a red box will pop up. And actually, we have an online chat feature, too, for folks who might not be as comfortable um, dialing over the phone. They can chat with a trained advocate online as well.
1: So walk me through the process of what happens when someone makes that call.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, the the crisis hotline is really sort of that initial point of contact and that's sort of the hub for all the crisis response that we do. So when an individual calls us, they will never get a voicemail. They will never get a recording. You always will talk to somebody who's trained um, and live. And so once we get a call, uh, individuals can be connected in a variety of different ways. So um, folks can call the hotline um, to be connected to counseling services, or we get a different kind of phone call, which is that somebody has either just arrived at one of the two hospitals that we partner with or they're en route and so once that point of contact is made we will dispatch our trained advocates to accompany survivors at the hospital for a forensic exam because in the state of Texas um, that's law and it's your right to have a certified advocate right to to go with you for um, those exams. Uh, We do partner with two hospitals here in town so minors 16 and under are seen at Children's Hospital downtown adults 17 and above are seen at Methodist Specialty and Transplant. Um, there are some fantastic um, sane programs coming out of those hospitals and we've had long-standing relationships with those two entities um, so once our advocates are dispatched their sole purpose in that space is to be a support for the survivor and anyone with that individual so those would be the secondary um, survivors right whether that's friends or family a significant other um, the advocate is there to be that emotional um, support uh, in whatever way that's needed additionally the advocate Advocate is trained and goes with um, packets full of resources and information about different um, uh, community uh, resources that are that are available to the survivor because of course we know uh, after the individual um, has had this exam that there's an entire um, process that can ensue from there. Uh, and also everything that we do um, it, we work to ensure continuity of care. So there's never any one and done um, or one-off to the to the work that we do. So um, at that point um, our case management or client advocacy component really kicks in um, and that is we do follow up phone calls with the individuals that we see in the hospitals Uh, we have some fantastic case managers so we have um, Brittany who's a dedicated uh, human trafficking coordinator and then we have Elisa who does both right so she does a little bit of human trafficking cases and majority sexual assault which is every other you know um, incident that we see coming out of the hospitals Um, those two individuals um, will do intensive follow-up with the folks that we see. So that can range from um, medical referrals if anything specialized um, is needed beyond what was um, coming out of that exam. Um, Legal assistance, employment assistance, um, getting, of course, getting folks connected to our own in-house counseling services um, and and really just wrap around resources and supports. And that's that client advocacy piece to what we do. Um, There is a non-report option in the state. So if you are 18 and above it is your right to not involve law enforcement or not make a police report after a sexual assault um and we ensure that that individuals are aware of that um because sometimes that can be its own sort of re-traumatizing re-triggering um event in its own um and so uh we, we also provide accompaniment to police stations to make reports if individuals choose to do so. But again, if that's not something that a person feels comfortable doing or ready to do, um, we do make them aware that um, evidence collected from those forensic exams is stored for two years and it's their right within that time to to file and that evidence is, is available um, should that need to be activated at that point. Um, in terms of the counseling that we provide and that individuals can be connected to, um, we have a little over 20, counselors um, nine of whom are staff and the rest are interns uh, and we do everything from individuals to couples uh, counseling marriage and family therapy we do see children as young as age three and we say three um, simply for the fact um, for the for the purpose of the child being verbal right um, in in a session but we have seen children younger we do have a trained um, play therapist on staff every counseling suite has a sand tray um, equipped so that um, if a a young child child needs to be seen, there are spaces that are comfortable and safe for that to happen. We have a youth room, a teen room, um, a pl- an entire dedicated um, playroom for the younger ones that we do see. Um, and again, as we've talked about, we see men, women, and children. Um, and that's important to, to continue to, to reiterate because sexual violence is an everyone issue and it's certainly not just a woman's issue. Um, And I think a little-known fact about us, in addition to all the crisis component of what we do, we have an entire prevention education team that works specifically with youth in the schools. And those are the guys that are the ladies, I should say, that are going out into the community and starting conversations around consent and boundaries and healthy relationships and gender and and stereotypes. um, So that, again, we are stopping this cycle of violence before it even happens. So, uh, you know, RCC, it truly is a spectrum of work that we do a spectrum of support that we provide all the way from um, immediate crisis uh, and that initial point of contact um, through to to prevention
1: so so that's really awesome so would i hear you correctly that you would go with the client to the police station when they need to talk to the police yes
2: absolutely and again that's part of the client advocacy um, uh, piece to our work so if an individual simply wants that support in that space um, we we can do that and we'll dispatch an advocate um, as we would to the hospital yep
1: So what if you have to get CPS involved?
2: Yeah, so we do have partnership. We obviously we have um, a a working relationship with CPS uh, and caseworkers as well. And um, in the event that that needs to happen, and and typically we see that um, through counseling and the services that we that we offer. Um, And so our counselors, our case managers, and even the folks who um, are working the hotline um, are are aware of how to go about doing that, Um, and you know ensuring that um, those individuals who are on a need-to-know basis, um, um, surrounding a particular child or youth, um, that, that information is being shared in an active way, in a transparent way, um, following protocol naturally. Um, and, and so when CPS is involved, there, there is sort of a dedicated process around that too. Uh, in, in our end, we initially want to ensure that, um, we know who the, um, guardian is, who the parent might be, um, and then from there, it's really a matter of, um, clear open communication between caseworker or investigator through to the counselor um, ensuring that that everybody who has a a piece in sort of that healing process with that with that particular individual or youth um, is aware of what's happening is is aware of progress being made Um, and and so yeah I hope that answered some of that
1: yes it did so I know that with uh, many victims a lot of victims have been pre-groomed to protect the perpetrator and that it's a common right. thing to protect the perpetrator sure. right. um, because they're afraid that if they tell on the perpetrator or if they do anything the perpetrator is going to get in trouble and that they the victim is to blame if the perpetrator right. gets in trouble right How would you walk a victim through that?
2: Uh, and, and I think you're you're hitting on exactly why we do this work so that we a are creating safe spaces where violence isn't happening, but if it is that there are outlets and ways for individuals to come forward, youth or adult um and, and for them to be heard and believed so so that's a great question um you know we we first ensure that we are taking the lead of that. Individual or child or youth, um, because a part of being trauma informed is ensuring that um, we have a survivor focused lens to everything that we're doing. So, by no means would we ever um, push or, or coerce somebody into um, seeking help. Um, however, we, again, are our, our advocates, especially those who who are on the hotline and taking those calls front lines. Um, to ensure that there's sensitivity um, and 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 that language matters, right? Um, and and really um, being uh, empathetic with that individual, um, taking their perspective and understanding really just truly how scary that might be. But again, ensuring that never is a survivor to blame. Um, that those who offend, violate, and perpetrate um, are solely responsible, right? And the onus is entirely on them. Um, so at the Rape Crisis Center, across all of our work, um, we we are continually couching everything we're doing in that messaging of um, no victim blaming, and of ensuring that the onus is placed um, rightfully so where it belongs. And then there's a, an accountability piece to that too, right? So, um, it, it, I don't know that there's any textbook way or or, or clear cut way um, to go about. Uh, Answering that question or unpacking that because truly it it, it really is such a personal case-by-case kind of deal Um, and and it involves um, being sensitive to and taking the lead of um, each unique individual really but ensuring still um, that the person knows that the rape crisis center uh, is is a safe space and they will be connected to resources. If it is not something that we can do in-house, we absolutely um, will refer out so that folks are connected in the way they need to be.
1: So this is a long process. So how long does Rape Crisis Center offer help to someone? Because it may take years.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. There is no limit to any of the work that we do. All of our services are entirely free. They are all confidential. So an individual can come to counseling and not stop coming and return 10 years later and pick right back up where they where they left off. Um, someone can call the hotline every day on the hour uh, for as long as they need to or want to, uh, and, and, and that has happened. We've seen that happen. Um, um, so there, there's no there's no limit to anything that we do. Um, and, and that's a part of sort of removing those barriers to access. Um, language uh, communication is not a barrier either. We have a language translation service that we use down at the hospital that our counselors use, um, the, the hotline folks use. So uh, truly, uh, making these resources known, accessible um, so that folks are, are aware and then can take advantage um, is, is what we're in existence for. so.
1: Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you for telling us about Rape Crisis Center and the awesome work that you're doing.
0: Absolutely. Thanks thank for having you. me. Great. So once again, thank you, Andrea, uh, Rape Crisis Center. Thank you, Chuck, uh, with Chuck Paul LLC, and uh, Cecilia with H 21 freedomchasersorg uh, Once again, thank you for tuning in to Episode 12, and uh, we hope you come to our, our, listen to our next episode. You all have a great day.